All right, everybody, welcome back to Founders Corner. Today I have Amara, and she is a big believer in community and ecosystem. And I just had to have her on the podcast so we can talk about what it's like to be a founder, first of all, and then secondly, how you can get involved with the ecosystem and what the faults of ecosystems are and the, what the good things are. So, Amara, welcome. Thank you. Very Thanks excited for to have me. this conversation with you. Myself as well. Because uh, you and I have had, I think, two or three conversations now mm -hmm. where both of us have gotten so passionate yeah. when we talk about community. So I was like, this is going to be a good conversation. Absolutely. Regardless. Yeah. So why don't you give us a little background on, on who you are, why you're where you are. Just give us your brief overview. Brief overview. Do we want one pages or do we want the book? Uh, let's do one page <laughs> and then expand on the books. Sure. Um, I am the elected CEO of EasyVC. Very it's nice. a tech startup scale up, uh, somewhat of a hybrid where uniquely positioned right now. And it's an investment community that really reduces the friction between founders looking to raise capital with a network of serious embedded investors. Mm -hmm. um, Founders always have troubles with raising capital, not knowing where to go, where to be in the right places, where investors are, and, and navigating that whole raising capital journey. Right. And so we uh, we really address that and support them al along the way. Cool. And how did you get into that? So uh, interesting enough, I actually was on the pre-med journey. Wow. Yes. You I came wanted from to be pre -med. a doctor. Yeah. Okay. That's different. Yeah. I've uh, honestly never heard of that one. It is. Um, I want to be a doctor since I was eight. I started okay. off in engineering at, at the It was local no pressure university. from parents? Uh, my parents are immigrants, so that my pressure was engineering or, uh, engineering, or a doctor. Yeah, doctor. Accountant, really? Okay. That, no, 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 but I'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for it's the rest the standard of us, stuff, right? it's yeah, the standard stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of. It was a little bit of pressure, but um, the time commitment that being a doctor yeah, uh, it's was tough. really intimidating. Yeah. 10 to 15 years, depending on your specialty. Yes. Um, and heads down, nose in the books. That was... So anyway, we, we did engineering. Mm -hmm. My brain's not wired that way. Yeah, yeah. So switched into, into pre-med, and I was dead set on it. But where I started questioning that path was, do I want to make my impact, my mark, impacting three to 500 patients a year? Uh-huh. One-on-one. Right. Uh, you know, metaphorically putting that Band-Aid on that that uh, that boo boo, if you will, and it wasn't enough. It wasn't right. hitting the spot for me, and so I had the opportunity to work at Canadian Wealth, right. another company, VCVC, business solutions provider, helps established businesses as well as um, startups, and that was my foray into the business and entrepreneurial world. And it was just a, it was it's jumping a light off bulb. huge light yeah, bulb moments. Yeah. Um, this is where millions of lives get touched, yes. right? Is in the in the 100%. venture capital space. Yeah. Uh, and I, it took me a while to transition. Yeah. A few tears were dropped. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. But you're lucky it was only a few tears. <laughs> over the course of you know six months, so it was it was a, a rough patch there. Yeah. It was like a quarter life crisis, but it, it worked out. I'm here now. I'm so thankful to have this opportunity and to be working with such amazing set of people and skills and minds mm -hmm. so it's actually interesting um you say uh six months and you went between how many up and downs it there were a lot there yeah. were a lot it was focused it was conscious yeah. up and downs by the yeah. way it wasn't i'm just gonna let you know whatever happened to me mm -hmm. happen yeah, you um can't it was you can't especially no. with such a pivot it was yeah. 180 degrees of a pivot right um so very focused i was like i i need to be okay with the decision pivot i'm making here mm -hmm. Um, otherwise, I'll never be 
happy with myself. So when you were when you were building out that mm-hmm. six months, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'll tell you my honest, like how I felt mm-hmm. when I was in my first. What six was months. your pivot? Well, it wasn't a pivot per se. It was just like when I first started. I mean, you feel very alone, right? And you genuinely, I don't know why this is a thing. And mm-hmm. every like almost every founder I've talked to, this is what you get on a regular basis. It's I feel this, you know, and and it's it's very like lonely. It's very like yeah. by yourself. Like no one else is feeling this way. I'm feeling this way, and you know, it's funny. You look at like social media. Right. And people are faking being on a private plane Mm -hmm. just to portray that thing. And we see um, and entrepreneurs, they follow different kind of accounts and the accounts we follow are the like, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I did this Mm -hmm. and I made six figures and I did this. Right. And we watch these videos and we're like, why am I not there? Why am I not feeling that? Yeah. Right. And we feel very lonely in that sense. And when you and I were talking I loved what you were trying to build, right? An ecosystem in which entrepreneurs don't have to feel alone, right? So tell me what brought you into that mindset. Working with founders and established business owners really made me, first of all, I was down in the mud with them. Yes. I was knee deep in whatever they were trying to achieve, either launching or just trying to break the ceiling of stagnancy Mm -hmm. that they were facing. And seeing how disjointed and waywardly supportive that the ecosystem Uh could be to these individuals was uh, really unfortunate because there's very well-meaning individuals in the space that want to support and help but it's hard to find them right yeah Um, either they don't want to put themselves out there because they already have their own portfolio or or um, clients that they're hands-on with busy with Mm -hmm or they're, uh, they're just not making enough noise. Right. And so for me, seeing that, how can I be a part of the change? How can I be a part of the support um, to actually have genuine individuals at the forefront trying to make that difference and gap those, those questions to the, the answers that they're looking for in a way that actually forwardly moves the business owners and the founders? Because there's a lot of noise. I, I love that you said that. It's 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 being very proactive about what can help you move forward. Yes, rather than trying to address. Okay, so I believe that the ecosystem, it it it's right. kind of like a washing machine. By the way, now you're gonna get the real <laughs> version. Here we go. I'm I'm excited. Okay. Buckle up. All right, let's go. So the ecosystem, it's there are places in peace that are that need to be there. Yes. Um. You got to keep the founders engaged with their their project as well as with the ecosystem and the community and the community because yeah. um, again that loneliness uh, just having that support as well that other people are doing what you're doing at least. So I agree. And that's that's the best case scenario. What yes. you're expressing. Yes. I haven't seen a community that works that well like that. No. Well, yeah, we were talking about that offline. There's micro communities, micro yes. systems that yeah. organizations or organizations have built around themselves mm-hmm. and it's not um, not bleeding into the overall of the ecosystem, which yeah. is a major problem. What have you noticed in the space that could be done better? So I, I actually love that question. Yeah. And the reason I love that question is because I've seen so many different communities do so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's obviously the community like funded by the city, 
um, you know, bring as much tech as you possibly can mm -hmm. to the city and bring talent to the city so that the ecosystem of startups grows. Mm -hmm. That to me is a long-term plan uh, because it'll take years to attract because what they yeah. have to do is they have to bring in the big guys. Mm -hmm. The big guys bring the talent, right? Assuming, right? And they bring the talent and then when the talent is here, they might click with someone else in the business eco ecosystem and then they might eventually like do a spin-off of their own business. Okay, so you're talking three, five years at when least. you bring someone, yeah, a company. Least, yeah. The problem is, is that they give incentives to those companies to come. Yes. Right, and essentially when they come in, they are quite literally stealing from the current ecosystem. <laughs> so I'm a startup, I have five developers, I may not be in a situation where I can really afford all of them. Mm -hmm. I need to keep them excited right. on the vision, the plan, the excitement. You have a business stock options, but a business comes and they do mass hiring, and all of a sudden those developers' value is now tremendously higher. Right. Because they could theoretically drop your the being a startup with you and go work for one hundred twenty, one hundred fifty thousand dollars. So. Are you really helping startups? No, not definitely not in the near term, maybe in the long term, right? Yeah. Secondly, I think environment is a huge part of an ecosystem for each city, right? Austin, why is that thriving, right? It's an ecosystem of like, you wanna be in that city. Mm -hmm. It's an exciting city, it's warm city. It's uh, it's a city where, uh, you know, there's a higher middle class. So it's a beautiful city where it's clean. Um, it's low traffic, right? If you compare all those environments, that becomes super exciting for tech workers to go there and start seeking out work. Yeah. Right. So there's that approach. Mm -hmm. Not that one you can't really control. <laughs> right. And then the third one is having a really strong ecosystem. Okay, and that goes back to Seattle, San Francisco, yeah. Boston, New York, right? Where you're talking about having an ecosystem so strong that I don't care how expensive the city is and how bad the city is and how gross the city is, San Francisco. I don't care about the environment, New York. Mm -hmm. It's cold there. Like, I mean, not it's as cold great. as here, but not it as does cold get as here, cold, but yeah. it does get cold, right? But you go to New York because there's so much opportunities there inside the ecosystem, right? But those are years in the building, right? So I think I think having a mesh of all those things, mm -hmm. right? Where instead of having the city focus heavily on incentivizing big, big tech companies to come here, incentivizing the actual startups, right? And trying to grow. I know Calgary, for example, they did an incentive program where they were giving out, I think it was like a, uh, I think a couple million for sure, like, above 10 million i don't know what the exact amount was okay. but it was designed about around how are you going to bring jobs to the city of calgary mm -hmm. and i will give you money to support that effort the problem is is it kind of got political and that's the other problem with city and municipality mm -hmm. right when you're dealing with city government you're also dealing with politics yeah so for example i'm not going to name names this company got a million dollars from the city of calgary to start something up and the best they can show for is they brought uh, you know people from India interesting supplemented San Francisco's capacity requirements okay so it did nothing for Calgary 
aside from bringing more tax generated revenue mm. for the city and in what way because calgary is not getting the payroll taxes so anyways the point is is <laughs> i don't know what that looks like yeah but i can honestly tell you i haven't seen one that works well mm -hmm. aside from the big ones right that's my biggest thing is yeah. like when you're building an ecosystem and especially with communities you're almost telling startups like i'm not even going to look at you you don't even matter until you matter that is resounding within the ecosystem yeah. and so that was that was where i want to actually um go back to was that's what they're told yeah and it's a washing machine of just get in the ecosystem fail mm -hmm. your first business or go through all the incubators and accelerators that you come can. to our events come to our events <laughs> learn because we as need you can. seats in the you know that, that's the only <laughs> way we can justify it yeah. right yeah. and go through all of that and then maybe when you're ready right yeah. but maybe when you're ready you can either start your own business or now your second business, second startup, or you're still on your first and you're still here. Great. Yep. Now you're almost worth looking at. Yes. But then there comes the metrics. There comes yep. the uh, who do you know yep. as well. Like VCs only want to communicate with um, startups that are warmly introduced to them. Warmly introduced or second-time founders. Or second-time founders. Yep. Um, or they have amazing successful, metrics. Su successful second-time founders. Is that what you found? Because <laughs> I heard even... Even if you failed your first, they might. If you have a really good product and good timing, fair, um, fair. and you got a good team behind you, and yeah. they like the team, then yes. Um, but successful ones, they won't even blink an eye. Mm -hmm. If you have an idea and you've been a successful exit, like I'm talking to a successful like a hundred up, a hundred right. mil up, right? They'll um, write you a check. They'll write you a check pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. like you, they'll be fighting for your deal. Yeah, yeah. But that's exactly it. Is we have this current ecosystem that's not. I don't want to call it ecosystem. And the, these are the mechanisms, mechanisms that are currently at play. Mm -hmm. And it's just not working because we don't have enough volume. We don't have enough nope. tech founders. We don't have enough uh, people. There's lots of ideas. Ideas are not completely spoken for. We, we, we have enough money as yeah. well. Yeah. Enough enough money. But it's the volume of people that we don't have. Right. Being Canada, but then also we're not as far along as Toronto. Um and so what can we do about that? You should is, see the States. Let's not go there. Oh, my God. The <laughs> money flow that happens in States, um, it's contradictory to everything you just said. There's so much money and mm -hmm. there's so much founders mm -hmm. and the revolving door that right. it is down there. And it's funny because every time we meet a startup here, like in Canada, mm -hmm. we'll talk to them and we'll say, what are you doing here? Go to the States. You encourage them to go to the States. I encourage them to go to the States. We went to the States. Right. Um, I'll tell you my very first experience. Okay. So our very first experience, um, we were trying to raise money. Okay. I could not raise a dime for the life of me. In Canada. In Canada. Oh, uh, yeah. Because we were at MVP stage, mm. right? Um, we were just starting to sell it, right? We didn't have the, the metrics to show for. The team is inexperienced in their minds, mm -hmm. right? Um, we had grits. Apparently, no one measures that, though. But, like, you know what I mean? Um, and so uh, we tried raising here. We raised with family and friends. I raised 200K Canadian, okay, with family and friends. That's impressive. That's great. It's a good start. It was a great start. Except when I went to Austin one time and I went to one event and I told them about the product, they were literally like, so why you? And I explained why me. Right. And they were like, yeah, I would probably have started you off with 300K with one investor, one angel investor. 
right? They're willing to take risks significantly more down in the States Absolutely. than they are here. And let me explain why. And there's I, I've built a formula on why they do. Okay, let's hear it. There is significantly more money flow mm -hmm. that happens in the States than it does in Canada. Okay. A Canadian investor on average will get a return in nine years if they get a return. Yeah, seven to ten years. Seven to ten years, right? Yeah. And I'll go with a pessimistic view of nine years. Okay. okay. In the US, it's three to five years. Right? So think about that. I invest 100K with you in the States. I will probably get my money in return. Let's be honest. They play the money, uh, the, the probability game, right? Yeah. They invest in 10. They're hoping one. Six of them will die. Four of the, or three of them will be zombies. One will actually work. They do, yeah. Yeah. So they'll look at it and say, okay, if you hit, you're going to hit in three to five years for me. Mm. So a hit is usually 15 times, 20 times your money back, mm. right? So, because they're dealing with much larger volumes down right. there. So, uh, an American investor, let's say three years and nine years for Canadians, mm -hmm. gets their return three times before a Canadian gets his one. So, you can't blame the Canadian investor for being so conservative. Founders need to hear that. I know. And I tell every <laughs> founder that, right? Because they're like sitting there going, why does Canadian investors not give me money? Why are they giving me 100, 200, 300K? Should I be moving down Should to the I States? Move? Yeah. Yes. If your goal is to scale and grow that fast, yes, you should be moving down to the States. What are you doing here? Mm. The investor cannot look at you in that perspective of, I will get my return in three years. That's not possible. That's just not what statistics have told them. Right? So when you deal with angels, angels are the worst. Like That's why Canadian angels, they only put in like 50K. <laughs> Because they have to diversify their money, right? So an American will have 300K to dedicate because in three years, it's, it's either burnt or they've made their money back. So they have a lot more money to work with. Mm -hmm. And a Canadian investor is waiting still in that nine-year term, hoping to God one of them will hit. It's a way longer timeline. It, well, yeah. yeah. I'm, no, being, I'm being you know, optimistic slash pessimistic, right? But that's the challenge, I think, with Canadians versus the Americans is is just more people down there more deals to be had down there so there's and they've more, been doing it for longer and they've been doing it for longer yeah. and there's just more money flow mm -hmm. and i think the key is money flow money flow the money isn't flowing in canada as much as we'd like it to but no. it is it's sitting there it is sitting there it's just on ice but they're and they're waiting they're conservative they're conservative as well I call, so, I call it stale money in canada stale money the stale Toronto's money has gotten better yeah. But Toronto is trying to be New York. Like, they, they try too hard to be New York. What does too hard mean? So, like, I don't know. Have you ever... You've been to Toronto, right? Uh, I love not Toronto. Not for business. I okay. <laughs> I love Toronto. Toronto is one of my favorite cities. Um, would I move there? Absolutely not. But <laughs> I love the city. And Toronto is the closest thing you're going to get to a New York in Canada. That's true. So, the problem is... Oh, you got all the banks there. It becomes it's Canadian Wall Street, yeah. whatever. But they start acting like New Yorkers. Oh, have they? I okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. So they're kind of like, you know, play big, mm. but they don't actually play big. So, they'll, you know, I'm, uh, like, for example, New York, I've, we've dealt with startups in New York that can easily get a, th a million dollars. If you're in the financial sector of, uh, of a startup, 
they get excited. Like, yeah, fintech, like they, New Yorkers are like ex very excited about that. Mm. So they'll throw like a million dollars at it, right? Whereas a Canadian, they'll be like, I'm flexing right now. Here's 200K. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> to them, 200K is big money. Right. Right? So they try too hard to compete against like a, a city like New York. Mm. Whereas in my opinion, they just need to build their own little niche thing. Because we have plenty of Canadian businesses that are successful. Yeah, it's another conversation, isn't it? And we're very good at being bootstrap in Canada. We are because of the... Money flow. Yeah, the... <laughs> I'm going to always come back to money flow. Money flow. Again, it's it's there. It's just, I think, so the big money, the institutional money, mm -hmm. they, they're looking to see for more talent, for the talent to develop, yes. for the maturity to develop, because the business maturity isn't quite where it needs to be for for any of these businesses to get that amount of money. Yeah. Right. When we have these Skip the Dishes founders um, going back into Neo and doing what they're doing, it's it's the money is there clearly. Yes. Right. The support is there, but uh, the support that the founders need as first time founders, as they're going through their first enterprises, um, it's non lacking. Yeah. I was going to say non-existent. Non-existent. It's, it's, it, and it's not because of the community's fault. To be honest with you, most entrepreneurs do feel alone just because they're alone. That's that's the game that we're playing. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is, like, how do you get entrepreneurs to get feeling comfortable to get into those communities? Mm -hmm. What have you seen work? Like, I'm pessimistic because, like, I come from a pessimistic perspective. Sure, yeah. Because um, I was one of them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's, it's Again, I, I will always tell this to anybody I talk to. When we do our workshops, you were at our workshop. Yes. How on, how brutally honest was I? Uh, it's a lonely work, line of work. It's a struggle. There's a ton more winters than you would get on a normal basis, like in, in terms of life, mm -hmm. right? Um, your peaks and valleys are incredibly fast <laughs> where you're like, oh my God, I'm so excited. A month later, that's ruined. <laughs> I was going to say a day later. You get hit with news. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. a day later, right? Yeah. So, what do you suggest, like as a founder, first time founder, mm -hmm. what do you think is the first step they need to take to get involved in the community properly? So for first time founders, as much as I didn't like when other people said this, it's it holds true still, which is get engaged with the, the ecosystem, the community. Mm -hmm. You should attend those events. Yeah. You should go to maybe an incubator accelerator. But the caveat is, do some asking around. Do your research as mm -hmm. to which ones are actually valuable. Oh my god! Um, now, I went. I went to one event. I have. Yeah. To, I'm sorry. I have to tell the story. <laughs> okay. I went to an event. It was three big guys um, mm -hmm. that were involved, mm -hmm. um, and it was supposed to be about UI UX okay. and product design. Right. Okay. So I, you've been to my workshop. I'm all about giving value. Mm -hmm. To me, value first. I, yeah. Then to me, you come to the workshop. You walk away with something. <laughs> like, I, I, that's my desire is that I, you walk away as a founder with something yeah. to like work on, develop, whatever it is. So, I go into this event. First of all, everybody's closed off. No one's talking to nobody. That's right? technical people for yeah. you. <laughs> I don't know, but this is design, right? So, um, my assumption is like, a you know, it's, creative. It's, yeah, creative founders, whatever. Okay. So, they're sitting there and they're talking about their role 
and what the importance of design is. That was the point of the workshop okay. or the or not the workshop, sorry, the, the seminar, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. I walk in, we sit down and I'm excited. I'm excited to see what their perspective is. Mm -hmm. Instead of talking to me about their perspective, they just talked about their job. I can honestly tell you, I walked, I, I got off and left in like uh, within 10, 15 minutes. Right. There was zero value. Mm -hmm. Because again, this was, this was put on by a community that's supposed to help start up. Okay, I'm not, again, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to mention names, but it was that was the point. They brought on these guys to help them and guide them. That's the title of the of the event is to help you understand what product design is. Yeah. And they just walked in and they're like, "Yeah, we have a team of fifty designers. You're not helpful to me whatsoever. You have no value to give to me. You're not talking about a startup. You're talking about a big company, mm -hmm. right? I'm not even there." Do you think I can hire 50 designers? You have zero value to me. And I think that's what happens is they, they bring on these big companies because they have reputation. Yeah. Those reputations are not a good thing. I'd rather bring three guys that have failed and to talk about their yeah. failure of, of, of the product design mm -hmm. and what caused it. Sorry, that was no, just my side rant. That's the exact thing is how do you navigate all these events, all these initiatives that are happening in the ecosystem and align it with the industry that you're in first and foremost, um, where you're trying to be and if they're relevant to you at all. Mm -hmm. Now, some organizations, they constantly are putting out events. So maybe do, you know, a little DD, what's their track record? Yeah. Uh, what kind of events have they held in the past and is relevant to you? Shameless plug. We do that workshop every month. All right. Virtually. So great. Yeah. <laughs> you can talk. You can talk. Yeah. You can talk about it. You were at the event. Was that good? I, I appreciate it because there was a lot of um, a lot of question marks in the room yeah. uh, as people. And it, it gave them a, a proper dose of what to expect. Good. That's yeah. that was the point of it. So yeah. perfect. I'm happy with that. All right. <laughs> my, that was my take. The, 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 shameless plug. Sorry, shameless I had plug. to. And so that can be a little bit tough for mm -hmm. startups to navigate. The, th the second thing I would recommend is getting a mentor, if you can. It's mm -hmm. not easy, especially it's with the volume, yes. the volume, volume that we have in, in the city. So what would you suggest as like a founder um, that, <clears throat> that wants to find a mentor? Because I don't think it's easy to find a mentor. Like I, to this day, am like looking for a mentor, mm -hmm. but it's like you almost have, you have to respect them as well. Yes. And for my mentality, it's kind of funny. My clients always um, tell me I don't act like a typical Canadian because I'm very like, like, like gun ho. Like I, I oh. don't, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm too honest is what they Some say. Some people appreciate that. I know. Thank you. But yes, Canadians are I like sneaky, that. not, not like, you know what I mean? Passive aggressive. Passive That's aggressive. The word. That's yeah. the word. Like, uh, so they kind of call me, they kind of consider me a little bit more American because I'm also like very like gun ho. Mm -hmm. Like I don't mince words. No, actually, probably a little too much. But <laughs> but like one thing I do is I'm always out there and I'm like working 10 hours, 12 hours. Okay, great. Canadians do not do that in typical Canadians. Um, and I push my team very hard, mm -hmm. whereas like I know like I've worked with other startups and they really really don't like it's all it's very like no no, no work-life balance and i appreciate that i'm with it you can't have work-life balance in a startup thank you yes you cannot 
I'm currently actually looking for co-founders. Yeah. Um, it's just me right now. I'm looking for one to two other people. And it's it's posed to be quite the challenge because it's a balance of skill set and background, okay. understanding and knowledge. We want someone that's already been in the ecosystem, seen yeah. a bit of that. Uh, the learning curve is steep nonetheless, but... Um, what are you looking for in your founder? This is so sidetracked right now. No, but this that's is great. What I like it. We're looking for... So we're unique because we're going to be able to write checks for yes. our staff very soon. We've, we're opening a financing round. Um, checks will be written at least you know, by second to quarter. To startups or found, uh, the to employees? Us, yeah, to yeah. the employees. To yeah. me as the founders. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm not getting paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I so, don't even know what getting paid feels like. <laughs> uh, it's with apples at your table. and <laughs> As long as there's food in a shelter, that's, that's yeah. me getting paid. <laughs> that too, that too. Um, so we're looking for the typical runway, right, for startups right. to even get paid is a year to two years. You're 100%. not going to see a dime back. Months. 18 months. On average. Yeah. And so we're telling the co-founders that we're looking for, look, it's not the typical. It's kind of a hybrid between a startup and a scale-up because right. it's been established and that's kind of a backstory. Um, but we're, we're spinning off from the mother company as our own living, breathing entity. Okay. And so this is where that hybrid comes in. Product market fit has been validated. We have current users. Right. Everything is set up. The tech is there. It's fully functional. We just need to sell, get out there, yeah. go wide. Gotcha. Um, and so we're telling these co-founders that, but it's like sharks in water that smell blood. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I don't have to experience the one to two year of not getting a check. I can get money very soon. Yeah, yeah. Sign me up. Yeah, yeah. And that's not the foundation we want to build our co-founding team yeah. on. Do you want to be here? Do you want to be vested in this space and actually contribute to the other startups that are making their mark and making their impact? Yeah. Right? Totally. And so it, it's been hard to sift Manage. through that yeah. uh, the the noise of i'm hungry to be here either for the money or for the right reasons yeah. and so uh what i always say uh hire slow fire quickly yes i heard you say um, that we were podcast. talking about mentorships mentorships so i, I yes. i'm really big on mentorships because absolutely i would i don't know i don't know how to approach them Okay, so uh, I have some. I can say. So yeah, I can say, help some me, light on that. like <laughs> as if you're helping me right now, because sure. I, I'm genuinely, um, when it comes to me, and I mm -hmm. think a lot of founders feel this way. Yeah, is we don't think we're special. Are you sure? I appreciate <laughs> you saying that, but look. Well, I'm not I saying don't. that about you. No, no, but like there's... I don't feel like I'm anything special that I can just go and reach out to. Like there's okay, a, there's the, there's the guys. I call, uh, you know, whatever. There's those guys that are very comfortable with rejection. I'm not. I hear That's you. It's just me personally. Though. Bit of an ego. We're right. in the same boat. I don't know if I have ego. I, I have lack of ego, I would say. Because if, if I had ego, I would have the confidence to go do it. If you had ego, you wouldn't want to hurt it. Oh, good point. <laughs> Maybe I have a little ego. It's the reverse. Yeah. So how would, you, how would you approach it? So I've actually asked this question. There was a VC 101 workshop that happened last week, Thursday. Okay. And Ash from Patrick Lur was hosting it. Actually, by Omi, she organized it. Yeah. Um, and I asked him a similar question. How would you approach, uh, not necessarily mentors, but investors and build mm -hmm. that relationship? And in this industry, it's all about building relationships, right. whether you're a founder, investor, a facilitator. Right. And what I've been collecting, this is my tally sheet, if you will, is do not approach people investors or someone that is further along where you want to be with you're so knowledgeable you have all this experience uh -huh. tell me what you know uh. that's that's not the bottom line don't approach with that okay lead with 
I know something about my space and my industry. How can I help you do your job better? What can I bring to the table and what, how can I bring Never value to you? Never thought of it that way. And it's, when you think about it that way, it's well, that's no, just that's no smart shit. selling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, that's that's literally true. Yeah, it's that simple. And I myself have a mentor. Um, he's he's been amazing. Alex has been great. Um, he's really shown me the ropes about being a CEO in the venture capital space mm-hmm. and um, et cetera, et cetera. And for him, he says the same thing. And it's not just what can I get out of you, right? You've really got to get that mindset out. It's how can I add value to your life and what you do? That's so interesting. I've never thought of it that And when way. you switch that mindset, you're like, do I have much to show? So one of the guys I really respect and love, and he's actually Canadian, mm-hmm. uh, is Dan Martell. Okay. Have you ever heard of him? No, sorry. Um, no, that's okay. Um, he's very niche mm-hmm. in what he does. Um, his videos are unbelievable. Uh, I would say my entire model of content and things like that is yeah. based on him okay uh i've taken his course mm. um he's incredible like that's probably one guy i would say i respect and in that respect i would love for him to be my mentor right but he charges for like coaching mm. and he does this stuff and i'm kind of sitting there going like to your point how can i possibly add value to this guy yes who's you know, there probably may be some value I can probably help with, but otherwise, like how, like he's he's set, like he's like you know what I mean. Yeah. How would you approach something like that? Like um, that's a really bad example because he's famous, so it doesn't help. Yeah, because you're gonna have to pay for <laughs> coaching. I'm, yeah, I'm sure like regardless. he gets approached on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, like how do you how do you suggest that? Because there's there's guys that I can think of that I would approach to talk to. Right. But I wouldn't say they like thinking about them makes me think I want to push myself to be as good as them. Hmm. They're not as motivating as you'd yeah. like a mentor. And I to feel be. like that's what a mentor should be. It's like a guidance. It's it's your Yoda. Right? I wanna be Yoda and I wanna <laughs> listen to Yoda. Yes. Whereas like there's a lot of guys where I'm like, Yeah, mm, you just don't excite me that way. Yeah. That's I think that's hard because are you in the same spaces that they're in, right? And how much overlap True. is there? And the other thing, so I, I do want to speak to the founder still, um, which is you could either pay for course, pay for courses or pay for, mm-hmm. for coaching for an hour and they'll charge you 5000 10000 an hour depending how oh my God. well known they are. <laughs> um, that would be devastating. <laughs> it's it it does get pricey i agree with you like especially like little bigger courses like famous ones you're paying for the name yeah but no but there's literally you can find it online it's really a well-known coach um and he's yeah uh that actually charges five grand an hour you have to be doing well to get that yeah yeah he's probably more of a strategist than a coach because why the hell would i pay that much for a coach (laughs) i'm sorry for a mentor that's the thing though are you a strategist because you actually have something that's slightly different? You can see, you can envision, visualize it. Yeah. You can visualize. Or are you? Have you just failed so many times in your <laughs> that life? You know exactly what not to do. Exactly, <laughs> and it's a that. fine line, right? Because th- that's the difference I, between a strategist and point. a coach. That's good what point. I'm saying. Good point. That's actually a very good. What point. if you have a strategist has to see it? A coach has experienced it. That's actually a very good distinction. And so, what nice. does is your business like an ecom, and you can get a coach in that case. But like is that. is your business model so unique? And you need to scale to the point where I need 
eyes, I need vision, I need an eagle to, to be advising me. Then you get a strategist. I love that. That's actually right? a really good approach. Major to difference. Yeah, Major huge. difference. Huge. Vision, I would say for the strategist, I, in my opinion, worth the five grand. Yes. Coach, maybe a couple hundred an hour. I would not go beyond that. Yeah. I would need really good insight. You could just Google to, enough yeah, and then I'm you saying. could find the same yeah. advice, honestly. Yeah. Um, that's, but corporate strategists, that's why they're not really in the startup space is because yeah, they, they get enough it. bills yeah. to yeah. be working in corporate. Yeah. They're 100%. getting paid very well, compensated yeah. very well. Uh, but so founder mentality is don't go in just ex wanting to extract information and not apply it at all either. That yeah. is the worst thing for a mentor, not a coach, a mentor to get is I'm giving you all this advice. Um, all this knowledge, my personal experiences. And time. And time. Time is critical. And you're not taking notes, which is always odd. I've, again, Alex is a mentor um, of sorts and a coach as well and a strategist, like a legitimate one, by yeah. the way. And I got to meet this Alex. You you have to, you really <laughs> should. Um, and he's had people where they don't take notes. And it's like, where where's that information going? Yeah. You're actually, he's, you're paying for the session and it's, yeah. uh, you're paying for the session and you're not taking notes. Where is it going? I, and he gives them homework, right? Nice. A good mentor will give you yeah. something to take back yeah. with yeah. Um, and 100%. is looking forward to see your development in that, in that piece. They have a they have a, an emotional connection with you, right? They so, want to know who you yeah. are, what's your life story, yeah. and that's where they get fulfillment. And I think that's the sell, is, is you finding someone and being like, look, here's my situation, being totally honest. Mm -hmm. Here's mm -hmm. my situation. Here's why I love what you do. Yeah. Because you have to do your research. You can't just go in there and be like, I want a mentor and just go name drop. No. You yeah. have to have a purpose. Um, and I think with it going, look, I would love to provide you value. Here's what I'm really good at. Um, otherwise, I was, would love to just uh, see if you would be willing to meet with me once a month as a mentor. Yeah. And you'd be surprised how many people would say yes. Displaying, I don't know because I don't do it. But, <laughs> but again, like, I've heard good things about that, right? Yeah. Yeah, displaying that you, or at least having a track record where you've taken, you've had failures in your life and you've over overcome them yeah. and you've surpassed your expectations is a, a key indicator for for coach coaches, mentors as well. Sorry, okay. I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a pin on the mentorship. Okay, because okay. <laughs> I I actually love that topic. Okay, and I think that's gonna be our next topic. Sure. And next time, let's get Alex in. Oh wow! And what I'm gonna promise to everybody, okay, to all my founders is I'm going to go between me and you meeting again okay. for this podcast. All right. I'm going to go and find myself a mentor. Wow. I'm going to commit to that. Okay. I love what you said. I, I love think, it. I think what you have said is it is true. I've always thought about the mentor thing. I've always been scared. Mm -hmm. Ego or not ego, I don't care what it is, but I've just been hesitant. I'm going to take that commitment after today. I'm going to do it. I so I'm going to find that. A, I'm going to find a, a mentor and then you, me, and Alex are going to have a sit down, and I'm going to tell you about, about my experience of finding a mentor okay. and how it was. Okay. So that will be a good conversation. That will be. Okay. Alex has a lot to say about the space uh, I love it. and what he does too. And I love it. <laughs> I promise I won't go after Alex. <laughs> well, that would be you too might. Easy. You no, might even too get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Amara, okay. thank you so much for being here. Thank, thank you for you. talking to us about community how to get engaged right, yes um yeah like we went on a tangent with yeah mentorship, a tangent, so, didn't get to um i appreciate everything you have to say um i think you have a really nice insider uh look as to what a founder feels 
and you have the other aspect of getting involved with the community and things mm -hmm. like that. So uh, I really appreciate everything you said today. Um, and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. For all the founders that are uh, wanting to raise capital. Yes. Or about Shameless to raise plug. capital. Shameless Let's plug. Let's go. Easy VC. Yeah. Um, come to me. We can talk about what that looks like as yeah. well as how you need to be supported. Again, raising capital is not easy. Do you have an email easy. address that you want anyone to message oh, you on? That's terrifying. Okay. Uh, but sure, let's do it. <laughs> You know, I like to say our viewership is high, but it really isn't. Like, we're doing decent. Like, you know we're what? not talking about 1,000 people coming okay. to you with you know, an email. <laughs> you know, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. If you're okay. hungry enough to, to email you, that's directly, true. I appreciate that. So go. it's Amara, A-M-A-R-A, at EZVC, the letters, dot org. Perfect. Thank um, you. Thank you. And uh, to everybody else uh, at Founders Corner, thank you all for being here for another amazing episode. Um, if you have any questions or comments, please let us know down below. Um, otherwise, subscribe. There's more episodes coming, especially with me and Amara. We're going to be talking about how I'm going to engage with a uh, with a, a lovely uh, mentor of some sort. Of some <laughs> and I'm going to take the plunge and do it. So uh, stay tuned. See what happens. All right. I'm excited to see what happens. All right, guys. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'll see you next time. Corridor out.